Welcome back to Brojo Online. Today's episode is for people who struggle with low self-esteem, either temporarily, you know, it comes and goes, or you're having a bad month or a bad year, or it's more persistent and consistent. Uh, somebody who's depressed or somebody who constantly thinks of themselves as a bad person or a loser or not good enough. We're going to talk about what this is, why it happens, and what you can do about it to enjoy your life more. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. So thinking you're a loser, that's what we're going to refer to this as throughout the rest of the episode. But this is uh, just a representation of thinking negatively of yourself, thinking of yourself as lesser than other people. Thinking of yourself as a failure, as not good enough, as somehow fundamentally broken. Like I said earlier, I mean, this can happen temporarily. You have a bad week or a bad experience. You can even have an entirely bad year. I've had clients who have been crushing it for years and then suddenly they crash and they suddenly think low of themselves for a long period of time. Or you can have someone where this is a consistent ongoing state. They might have brief highs and occasional wins, but generally they see themselves as a bad person, a loser, a not good enough person. They consider themselves to have low self-esteem or low self-confidence. And they may even be familiar with words like toxic shame or major depressive disorder or even suicidality. It comes from an underlying belief, whether it's temporary or permanent, that you're more wrong than you are right. That you're more than 50% bad in some way. Or 50% a loser or more. That there's something wrong with you. And it causes negative consequences in your life. And it's somehow, or at least temporarily, somehow unfixable. So for those of you who view themselves in this way, see yourself as a loser or unlucky or not good enough, or whatever it is you view yourself as. I want you to open your mind to being challenged on this today. Open your mind to the possibility that this picture of yourself is kind of an illusion. It's an illusion with a purpose, it's a trick that your mind plays on you, and that, as hard as this might be to believe, your brain actually wants you to think this about yourself because it serves a purpose. We can start by just challenging, just opening the door on this a little bit with the obvious fact. Right now, you are doing well enough at life to be able to listen to this podcast. That is an undeniable fact, isn't it? Whatever kind of success or qualities or achievements that are needed to become a person who has the ability to listen to this podcast, you have done all of that. It goes without a doubt, right? You cannot deny that because you're listening to me talk right now. So I want you to just have a little thought about what that means. What does it mean to be somebody who has the ability to listen to this podcast? It says something of your life circumstances. Obviously, you're not in a war zone fighting for your survival right now. Obviously, your life is comfortable and successful enough that you've got the downtime or the technological abilities and tools to listen to a podcast. Your hearing must work all right for you to be able to hear me, at least in one of your ears, right? 
your brain works well enough to understand what I'm saying. Your language abilities are such that you can understand what I'm saying. Your literacy, your apprehension skills are of such a quality that you can understand this podcast. Your physical abilities are of whatever quality needed. Do you be able to sit and listen or maybe you're working out at the gym while you're listening to me or driving right now. And your external situation must be quite supportive and encouraging, at least enough to be able to have the ability to listen to this podcast. Long story short, you're doing better than most of the people in the world. That's a simple fact. Most people in the world and most of the continents around the world do not have the resources or the skills or the courage or the support needed to listen to this podcast. But you do. So to call yourself a loser or to say that you're less than other people is a straight up lie. If your loser mentality is a comparative one, if you compare yourself to others and say I'm worse than them, they're better than me, you're lying. Now you might be selectively choosing some people and some qualities about them, we'll go into that in a minute, and say see those people are better than me. But to say that you're less than average in the human population is an outright lie. You're in the top 5%. However you want to look at it, for you to be able to listen to this podcast, you must be at least in the top 50%. So, keep that in mind as we go forward. Every excuse you come up with to try and maintain your loser identity that you're clinging to without even realizing that you're clinging to it. Keep asking yourself, if I really am a loser, how am I winning so much that I could be listening to a podcast? The advantages and the privileges required to be able to listen to this podcast automatically put you in the top 30 to 40%. And then if you can understand what I'm saying, and you've got other things in life that are going well, and you have other abilities to listen to this podcast, if you have other skills on top of that, now you're really creeping up. You're really into the top 10 or 5% now. So how can you be a loser? Well, let's look at that. Let's figure out why it is that someone like you in the top 5% sees themselves as a loser. Now, I've listed a bunch of things that contribute to this, and we're going to go through them in no particular order because they have different importance and relevance to each person. Some of the things I say won't relate to you at all, and other things will be a direct bullseye and everything in between. So there is no particular order or hierarchy to what I'm about to share. Let's start with the main topic, which is having an inaccurate measurement system. As I hinted at before, you're in the top 5 to 10% of the human population, and yet you think you're in the bottom 50%. That clearly shows that your ability to measure yourself is inaccurate. That is absolutely true, and it's actually true for all human beings. It is impossible, in fact, to have an accurate measurement system. Our entire perspective is skewed and subjective, so each of us has our own measurement system, unique to ourselves. Which means probably none of us are objective. But one thing we have in common is that we have a brain that is risk avoidant. In order for us to survive, in order for our species to survive, we had to be careful. More careful than pleasurable. Any species that's too optimistic and too engaged in pleasure seeking is going to die, because the world's a dangerous place. It's the anxious, nervous, neurotic animals that survive the longest. The ones that are really worried and careful are the safest. 
And we have a brain through millions of generations of humans that is wired towards avoiding risk. Now what this means is whenever we look at ourselves, we're looking for risk. We're not looking for an accurate piece of feedback. We're not trying to measure ourselves both pro and con and costs and benefits. We're really looking for what is dangerous about myself, what might hurt me. And the way this plays out is you're constantly looking for what's wrong with you. That is your natural setting. What is it about me that may cause me pain or harm or suffering or embarrassment? What is it about me that may cause me pain or suffering, embarrassment, abandonment, injury? We're constantly looking for these things, scanning for them without even realizing that we're scanning for them. So when you go to measure yourself, by the time you're even consciously aware of wanting to measure yourself, you've already done a huge assessment of everything that's wrong with you by your own subjective perspective. So I want you to open your mind to the possibility, no, the absolute certainty that you do not measure yourself accurately you're highly focused on what's wrong and you give almost no thought or consideration to what's right or what's going well or what's good about you you'll notice that your success is downplayed and your failures are highlighted if you're somebody who's stuck in the loser mentality you'll notice that when things do go well for you or when you do achieve you play it down You talk about it like it was a one-off or it wasn't really your responsibility or you don't really earn it or it's mostly something that can be dismissed in some way. Yet when you fail or something goes wrong, you make a huge deal out of it. Like, yeah, this is me. This is what always happens. I'm unlucky. I'm a fucking loser. I'm never good enough. Even though it's just a slight error or a mistake or a one-off failure. Or even if a repeat failure, you make it out like, oh, this can never change. Even though it only doesn't change until it changes. Of course it can always change. Everything can change. But notice that skew in your measurement system. Bad things get a lot of the spotlight and good things get dismissed. And this goes into the memory bank so that when you look back over your life, you think, man, a lot of shit went wrong for me. I really suck. Because all those things have always been highlighted. Even though in a 24-hour day, most things go right for you. Your breakfast usually goes right, you usually get to work on time, you usually shower successfully, you usually get through every social interaction without getting killed. In fact, you always get through every social interaction without getting killed. That's why you can listen to this podcast. It's very rare for you to get your ass kicked, it's very rare for you to lose all your money, it's very rare for you to have a major health problem most of the time. Most minutes of the day, if I was to come and check in on you, you're probably doing alright. But you don't remember that. You remember all the shit that went wrong, and all the stuff that you fucked up. You remember that like it was constant. Like from the minute you woke up to the minute you went to bed was just an unraveling disaster. Yet if that was true, there's no way you would be listening to this podcast. You'd be dead. You'd be totally fucked by now, if that's how bad you really were. The truth is, for you to be able to listen to this podcast, you must have been succeeding far more than failing. But you don't give credit to those successes. You don't think there's any win in successfully getting to work on time or successfully dressing yourself or successfully getting through a social interaction without dying. You don't give yourself any credit for that. You think, oh, that's just what everyone should be able to do. I don't. That's not a win. 
and yet if it wasn't a win, then you'd be dead. But your failures, which of course are also things that everybody does, like sometimes you're late to work, and sometimes you get fired, and sometimes you have an interaction with someone that doesn't go well. That happens to every human being, but you treat it like it's just you. So while everybody else has their little mistakes and failures, when it happens to you, it's a big deal, right? Because you're such a loser. You'll find that you also imagine better results in the future, and then you compare yourself to those. So no matter how well you do here and now, you can always imagine an even better version, and then you hold yourself up to that and come in second place, don't you? You get a pay rise at work, and you realize, yeah, but I could be getting paid even more if I had applied earlier. And straight away it's a loss, not a win. You lose 10 kgs away and you think, yeah, but I could have lost 15 by now. Boom. Now you're down 5 kgs. You've lost that battle by 5 kgs. And you can always do that. There is nothing you can do where you can't imagine a better result. You could climb to the top of Mount Everest and still go, yeah, but I could have done it quicker. Or I could have done it without oxygen. Or I could have done it by myself. And then you'll just take that win away from yourself with this imagined better win. Notice how often you do that. You take away a real victory by imagining one that never existed. And notice how you always do that. And yet with your failures, you don't do that. When you fail, you don't go, yeah, but it could have been even worse. You just go, no, it was terrible. That was the worst I could have done because I suck. So you don't play the game equally. You'll notice that you live to other people's standards, which are subjective, constantly changing, impossible to achieve. And and they're difficult to even figure out. You might be trying to make your parents happy, for example, and all they ever give you is criticism, so you're trying to put those pieces of criticism together to try and figure out what they want from all the things I've told you that they don't want. It's like some sort of mystery. The Da Vinci Code of parental criticism. What's the secret? What's the magic formula that will make them like me? Maybe you do this with your peers. Maybe you do it with society as this big general thing. Maybe you have to reassess with every fucking person you meet. What does this person want me to see from me? How do I achieve it? All that people pleasing. And that same person could totally change their standards tomorrow. And that's actually one of the things that bothers you. And keeps the loser identity going. Is no matter how much you please someone, you can always disappoint them tomorrow. And so you never really get to win. But you've also been doing this for so long that you're not really sure what your own standards are. You know your own standards are impossible to achieve because whenever you do something well, you just imagine something better you could have done, apparently. And that takes away the win. But you're not even sure where those standards come from. Most of them came from other people. You're trying to do well by the standards somebody else set. Try to get your boss's approval. Try to get your parents' approval, your partner's approval, your friend's approval. The approval of strangers as you walk down the street. And no point have you stopped and thought, do I actually want to be that person? Or is that what I want them to think of me as? Who do I even want to be? You might also have some shame around success. You take some pride in losing. I know one person whose family is really fucked up and shameful around money. So she downplays her financial success when she's around them because she doesn't want to set off a conflict. She doesn't want them to feel embarrassed or to embarrass her. And there are some families and some circles of friends where if you complain about how much you suck, you kind of get a reward for it. It's okay to be a loser, but to be a winner would be shamed. You're seen as arrogant. 
and we get this fear of being seen as arrogant. So we really hype up the things that are wrong about ourselves and really play down the things that we do well or our strengths to try and fit in. This is a form of lying. Ironically, one of the things about your loser mentality that's accurate is you're not an honest person. That's a funny thing about people with the loser mentality. The one thing that they'll lie to themselves about is their honesty levels. They'll say I'm useless and I'm good for nothing and that's a lie. They're actually good for a lot of things. But then they'll also tell themselves that they're an honest person. That's the one thing they're not being. They're overly modest about their successes. They don't give themselves credit for their wins and their strengths. That's a form of lying. And they hype up their failures and their weaknesses, make them bigger than they are. That's another form of lying. This inaccurate measurement system builds into a form of dishonesty in your expression. And of course, the most inaccurate measurement system of all, comparing yourself to others. For a start, this overlooks what really happens behind the scenes. You look at someone else and you say, they're doing better than me. But the truth is, you have no fucking idea what's really going on for them. Somebody could be smiling and laughing and be suicidally depressed on the inside. Somebody could be winning, but they did really devious and even criminal acts to get there. Somebody can look like their life is totally sorted when it's a complete and utter disaster. And even though somebody might accurately be doing better than you in one area, they might be really struggling. In fact, they're definitely really struggling in some other area. You know, I used to be really jealous of my friend who was good at building things and fixing things with his hands, and he was jealous of me because he was dyslexic and couldn't read. So we're both looking at each other's strengths while ignoring the fact that we each had strengths the other person had as a weakness. We do that a lot when we compare to others. We don't know the full story. We tell ourselves a little lie about how that person has an advantage over us, how they're better than us. When the truth is, if we really wanted to do what they've done, we probably could. We'd just have to do it the way they did it, or learn from them in some way. We're not as disadvantaged as we like to believe. But we slick, we cherry-pick pieces of evidence to create the story, other people are better than me. Ignoring all the ways that they're worse than us, or the same as us, or struggling in the same way we do. Or have the same strengths that we do that they're using better than we are. It doesn't mean we couldn't use them. You notice you can always find someone doing better than you. You ever notice that? No matter how good you're doing, you look hard enough, 7 billion people in the world, you'll find someone doing better. And you think, see, that's evidence that I suck as a person. When really all it's evidence of is that you found one person, looked at one small quality of them, believed what you saw, and decided that that represents you as an entire person, and it represents them as an entire person. So you go on a running race as an obvious example. You come in second place, you look at the person who ran faster and you go, they're better than me. Even though that person might have just come from beating up their partner or taking heaps of drugs or maybe they're suicidally depressed. You just look at them running faster and go, see, better than me, I'm a loser. A very inaccurate, sloppy, lazy measurement system. In fact, you have to kind of quite actively ignore a lot of evidence to believe that you're a loser. You have to kind of shut yourself off from the truth about the world to keep the story that you're a bad person going. Now, of course, you're not totally to blame for coming to this inaccurate view of the world and of yourself. We are the products of our environments. We are taught this. 
confidence versus seeing yourself as a loser is largely a matter of luck with your upbringing. Now, that doesn't reduce your responsibility. That doesn't mean it's not your job to do something about it now. But it might help explain how you got here. Culture. I think that's the word we'll use for the environment that we grow up in. Culture plays a huge part in whether or not you view yourself positively or negatively, or realistically. Bullying. Parenting issues. Some of us from a very early age were criticised heavily, and were not given positive feedback, and were not given accurate feedback even. Just our flaws were identified and emphasised. We were never good enough to the standards of the authority people in our life, be it our parents or teachers or peers. I mean, you think about a dyslexic kid in school. School's designed for people who know how to read. you got this kid who can't read. He's going to think that he's not good enough. The truth is, he might be extremely intelligent. Just like somebody who's missing a foot can still be a great athlete or do well in other areas, it's not actually a huge deal. But in school, they'll make it a big deal because they won't even know you have it. They'll just think you're the disruptive kid in class. When in reality, you just get your L's and your D's mixed up. It's not a big deal. Well, imagine being slightly overweight in a school full of, you know, sort of snobby, materialistic kids who are all about image. You're going to be made to feel that there's something wrong with you because of the way you look. When in reality, you might even be a healthier weight than the other kids in the school. And those of you who have parents who just shouldn't have fucking been parents, you know, there's just... There's a lot of them. Let's face the facts here. Not everyone's a good parent. In fact, most people aren't. A majority of parents kind of fuck it up. And you might think your parents are normal. Most kids do. You think that my parents are what parents are. Without realizing you might have got a couple of duds. Who just criticized you and punished you because that's the way they were raised. And they don't know any other way to communicate. And they don't believe in positive reinforcement. They don't understand human psychology. And they fucked you right up. Okay. Now that doesn't mean it's their fault. They had their parenting. They're a victim of the environment as much as you are. And it certainly doesn't mean it's up to them to fix this. It's up to you. But you might have gotten to this loser identity without even realizing it. Just like being dipped in poison and not realizing that's how you got sick. It goes beyond those people closest to us as well. Look at the media. The focus on outliers. The media doesn't report on the average Joe down the street. They report on the celebrities and the heroes and the people who are crushing it compared to everyone else, apparently. You get this idea, whenever you see the news, you're just seeing exceptional people. And you think, if that's what people are, then I'm a fucking loser. Without realizing two things. One is, they're out looking for exceptional, newsworthy people. And secondly, you're not getting the full story. I mean, Heath Ledger... Massively successful actor, well-loved, committed suicide. We didn't get the full story on him, did we? Robin Williams committed suicide. Now, you see this person in the news and compare yourself to them, you think, I'm a fucking loser, and then you find out they hate themselves so much that they kill themselves. We're not getting the full picture. But the media makes us focus on these exceptional, high-performing people, or at least an illusion of that. And even normal social media... You think a social media profile is accurate? You ever been on a dating profile and gone, oh really, is that who you really are? Of course fucking not. Social media is like advertising, it's promotion and marketing. Nobody says this is who I really am. Ironically, except for the losers. 
But they don't even show an accurate vision. They just show a skew towards the negative. So you've got the losers on Facebook saying, oh my god, my life sucks all the time, without realizing the irony that their life's good enough that they have access to Facebook, which puts them in the top 5% of the human population. And then you've got all the really insecure or just normal human beings on Facebook putting up these profiles that make it look like their life is a never-ending glory. And in fact, it's just showing the highlights real and uh, misrepresenting a lot of information to make it look like they're doing better than they are, where most of the time you can't see the proof of the pudding right in front of your eyes, which is their life is so boring that they're on Facebook. Can't be that fucking good. You know, I know some people are really crushing it in life, and, you know, they have somebody do their Facebooking for them because they don't have time for that shit. They've got a real life to get into. So all these people that you're seeing in the media, whether it's social media or news media or celeb culture or whatever the fuck, you're seeing a lie, and then you're believing it and comparing yourself to it. I mean, just look at Photoshop. There is no image in any magazine of a model that has not been Photoshopped. You have never seen, in the last 10 years at least, or maybe even last 20, you have never seen a pretty person in a magazine, at least not one that's been deliberately photographed, that is real. You might as well see drawings, right? Because they're not real. You should see, like, go on YouTube and look up models being photoshopped and see what they do to a picture before it goes into a magazine. And you'll realize you've never seen a normal human being in a magazine in your life. And yet you'll compare your body to that and go, Ooh, I'm too fat. You know, my skin's too yuck. You've been driven by your culture to succeed to other people's standards, to fit in and be a good little soldier in the army of your culture. Get laid, get paid, be nice, whatever it is, the messaging you received. And it was designed in such a way to keep you anxious and neurotic where you're never quite sure of your success, so you always try harder. They do this to students in school, if you've noticed. You never get the feedback in school. You know what? You're doing good enough. You can cruise. Never get that feedback, do you? Even though it might be true. They always say, well, you could go into the higher class, or you got 99%, why didn't you get 100%? Or, well, we've still got another exam to come. You've got to get ready for that one. You're never good enough in school. And so you get nervous, and you try harder and harder and harder all the time, becoming a nice, obedient little puppet. Same happens in the workplace, right? When's the last time boss said, you know what? Take a week off because you're doing so well. You've overachieved this year. You've earned 40 hours off because you've done more than 40 hours worth of extra work. When has that ever fucking happened to you? Never. And yet you've definitely earned it. People profit off you believing that you're a loser. Companies profit off selling you products that you don't need to fill insecurities that they created with their advertising. Your parents profit off you trying to live up to their impossible, ever-changing standards because it makes them look like a good parent and they can tell all their friends, look at my good little boy or my good little girl and they can glory off your hard work. Your peers profit off you trying to fit in because it makes them feel special, makes them feel like a leader, makes them feel like they belong. There's a lot of people reaping the benefits of you believing that you're a loser and reacting to that belief. Quite often, one of the methods they'll use is to confuse modesty with humility. They'll tell you it's a virtue, that it's good to hide what's good about you. To pretend like you're not as good as you are, 
to pretend you don't have the strengths that you have, to let go of your successes and let someone else claim the credit for them. They call that being humble. That's not being humble, that's being modest. In other words, that's lying. It's fucking lying. I mean, your quick fix solution to stop feeling like a loser, stop being a fucking liar, right? And if you're going to do that, that means you have to be honest about your successes and your strengths and your abilities and the fact that most of the time you're doing well. If that wasn't true, you'd be dead by now. So when someone asks, how's your day going? And you say, oh, it sucks. No, it doesn't, because you're alive. You're thriving. So you'd have to say, to be honest, actually, it must be going mostly well today because here I am talking, functioning, thinking. Suffered no serious brain injuries today. I haven't been stabbed today. I don't have a mortal illness today. I don't have the whole world turning against me and trying to kill me today. So actually, I'm crushing it. That would be being honest, but that's not how you describe it, is it? When someone asks how was your day, and you want to give them the so-called honest answer, you make it sound like you've got a terrible life, when that's simply not true. But you believe it's to be true, don't you? You feel like it's true. And that's what makes it so confusing. You might be listening to what I'm saying right now and half agree with me and half not. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, obviously, my life's going well, and you might have some sort of arrogance comparison to some starving child in Africa or whatever it is you use as a benchmark for the ultimate loser. You think, yeah, compared to them, I'm doing well, but why do I still feel like a loser then? It doesn't make a difference. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that nothing I've said so far even makes a really big difference. Hopefully it cracks open the door a little bit, like, hey, maybe I'm subject to an illusion here. Maybe I'm caught in a kind of mental trap that I can't see out of. And that this isn't real. I'm stuck in the, like, loser matrix and need to get unplugged. But you still feel like a fucking loser sometimes, don't you? No matter what I say. So now we're going to talk about why that is. Why it is that you cling to this loser identity, even though you don't want to. You're committed to it, you're loyal to it, even in the face of counter-evidence. Well, to put it frankly, long story short, being a loser is easier. I want you to just take that in for a second. One of the reasons that you put so much effort into avoiding evidence of your strengths and your successes and how well you're doing, and constantly cherry-picking small pieces of evidence to confirm the story, I am a loser, is because your life is easier when you do that. There's a couple of reasons for this. One is responsibility. We have lower expectations of losers. So we have lower expectations of ourselves when we see ourselves as a loser. If I'm not good enough, or I'm broken in some way, or I'm a terrible person, I don't have to do that much. You know, because how can a person like that be expected to do anything, really? So I'm off the hook from managing my diet, I'm off the hook from starting my own business, I'm off the hook from starting a conversation with a stranger, or doing something bold and courageous with my life. Because I'm a loser, and losers can't do that kind of stuff, you know? So, sorry, I'm out. I'm just going to have to stick with the easy, comfortable life, I'm afraid. Works pretty well, doesn't it? And also, another reason is failure is familiar. A lot of people think, I'm afraid of failure, but you're not. The only person who's afraid of failure is the one who's constantly trying to succeed. But if you're not constantly trying to succeed, if you're not constantly pushing your comfort zone and trying new things, then you're not afraid of failure. You fucking love failure. 
You're crushing it. Failure is your friend. Constantly going back to it. Because what is failure? Failure is staying the same. If I fail to do something, what's the end result? I'm the same. That's all. You don't go backwards with a failure. You just go back to the beginning. You go back to zero. You are the person you were before you started. That's all failure means for most people. So don't pretend you're afraid of that because you love that, right? Losers love failure. Because failure means I get to stay the same. I don't have to branch into something new and deal with new challenges and new problems and new responsibilities and higher expectations. I get to just pot around at the bottom like I always have. Success, on the other hand, is very unfamiliar. Success doesn't mean pleasure. It means the unknown. It means something new. It means being a beginner again. It means a lot of discomfort. It means having to learn and grow and be humble at the bottom. Whereas failing really means being the biggest fish in the pond that you've always been in. A comfort zone is really about familiarity. A loser identity is very familiar. You're comfortable being a loser because it's known, you understand it. You're secretly scared of the challenge and the responsibility that comes with being a winner. You'll notice that you sabotage yourself. You'll use this loser identity to get out of difficult things. You won't apply for that promotion. You won't ask that girl out on a date. You'll procrastinate and you know, be inconsistent with going to the gym or eating healthy. And you'll blame it on being a loser to let yourself off the hook from the fact that you're actually deliberately sabotaging yourself, deliberately being undisciplined and cowardly because you're scared of change. You're scared that this will actually work out. That if you do go to the gym and eat healthy for a while, you'll change your body and you'll have this whole new body to deal with. And people will look at you and they'll like it. And you'll have to deal with that. You don't want to go and ask the girl out, not because she'll say no, because she might say yes. And now you've got to be her boyfriend and live up to some sort of expectation. You're scared of that. Start your own business and fail. That's easy to do. You can do that in a night. Start a business, give up on it, boom. That's easy to do. Start a business, keep going until it's successful. Well, anyone with half a brain can do it, but that means a whole new life, a whole new lifestyle. No more easy paychecks. You have to figure everything out yourself. You have to pay your own taxes. You have to deal with the fluctuations in your finances. You have to deal with people criticizing you for making decisions because you're the only one who makes the big decisions and so on, and you're terrified of that. It's so much easier to just be a loser. And the loser idea is supported by cognitive biases. Those errors in judgment and measurement and perspective maintain the loser identity. For example, what's called the availability heuristic. We tend to remember the things that are most emotional and significant to us. And we give them more weight than other things that happened, even though the things were equally significant. For example, I might ask a girl out on a date like I did when I was 13 and she reacted really badly and that was really embarrassing for me. And I come to the conclusion, I must never ask a girl out because it's terrible. On this tiny piece of evidence. Whereas if I compare that to every interaction I've ever had with someone who's female, I'll see that 99% of the time they are friendly and kind and nice. That was not a good representative of how women treat me. It was a very poor one. But the loser identity is looking for these kind of skews in perception to maintain the identity. It focuses on your failures and your losses and your weaknesses 
and it dismisses the fact that you're crushing it most of the time and life's going pretty well for you in general, even though you can imagine it being better. Trust me, it could be way, way, way worse than it is. If you're not currently tied up in a sex dungeon, being raped for profit, then you're doing pretty well, because that's where life can be. I use that horrible example deliberately. I want some shock value here. I want you to see kind of the entitlement and the self-pity party that you're in here. Like, poor me, I'm a loser. Really? Are you getting raped all the time? Are you? Are you getting raped and beaten because somebody has kidnapped you and uses, using you as a sex slave? Pumping you full of heroin and letting strangers have their way with you until you die? Because if not, you're doing alright. Okay, if you're not having a life that's in that category of pain, you're doing all right. Now, don't turn this into some guilt pity party where you're like, oh, I should like my life better because other people have it worse. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you don't measure yourself properly. Okay, if you're saying I'm a loser and life's tough, you're not measuring yourself properly. If you have the freedom and the skills and the abilities to listen to this podcast, you're doing all right. Not that I advocate comparing to other people, but if that's what you're going to do, at least do it accurately. Okay? The reason you don't is because eventually, down the end of that path, you come to a clear realization, I'm responsible for my own life. If I want things to be better, I can make them better. And you don't want to come to that realization because there's a lot of hard work down that path. Losers don't like hard work. They like comfort. So they get into this loop from hell. When you get a loser identity, it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll behave in a losery way, which will mean you have more losses. If I behave like a loser, I'm more likely to end up lonely. I'm more likely to have a shit job or get fired. I'm more likely to lose control of my body and get overweight and sick and injured. Everything's going to go wrong for me if I believe that I'm a loser. Because my brain's constantly trying to make it true. It doesn't want to believe that you could be something else because that requires a lot of responsibility and effort and courage and difficulty. All of which you can handle, you just don't want to do it. It's uncomfortable. I know I'm sounding a little mean and harsh, but I'm talking from a place from love because I've been there. I wouldn't say I ever saw myself as a loser as such. I didn't use that word, but I definitely saw myself as suffering more than other people. I saw myself as less capable than other people, especially in the social realm. I saw myself as doomed to kind of a, an unpleasant, miserable existence. And I was jealous of people because I thought that they had it easier than me and they were advantaged over me. And it was all a fucking lie. It was a lie I'd been taught to believe. It's a lie that I had compounded and kind of dug myself into. And it all came from this inaccurate view of the world. Fact was, I could go and get anything I wanted if I was willing to do the work. If I was willing to get very emotionally uncomfortable, the life's totally available to me. I had to first face the truth. I choose to be a loser because it's comfortable. I can choose to be something else if I want, but I'd have to give up that comfort. I'd have to become the leader in my life rather than the follower. I'd have to take risks. I'd have to risk things like embarrassment and not being liked and failure, real failure. 
the fact that it comes from trying hard and falling short. We're going to go now into how to deal with this. But this is such an obvious place to pitch Brojo, which is free anyway. If you're not already a member of Brojo, you should be. Brojo.org slash join. Got tons of free resources to help you take on a more responsible mindset and turn this life around. So, let's finish up by looking at how to deal with this. Mostly it's about changing your measurement system. Most people don't even have a conscious measurement system, they just rely on their brain to give them feedback. That's no good, because your brain isn't accurate. Or at least it's not accurate until it's directed. If you're not already journaling, you need to start. But journaling doesn't mean, dear diary, today I was a loser. It means accurately measuring yourself and writing down the results. Now we already know that you're skewed towards risks, which means you're skewed towards focusing on your weaknesses and your failures and what's wrong with you and all that kind of stuff. So in order for you to measure yourself accurately, you need to counterbalance that with positive yet accurate feedback as well. So every day you should be naming three things that you're grateful for to remind yourself that most of your life's actually going pretty well. You've got a roof over your head, you've got people who love you, you've got food in the fridge. You've survived another day. Things could have gone worse for you, but they didn't. You need to remind yourself of this constantly because your brain keeps trying to dismiss that evidence. And evidence it is. It's truthful things that occur. You don't have to pretend to be grateful for things. You need to stop and think, what am I glad for? What would I miss if it was taken away? You might not feel particular gratitude for having a house to live in, but I bet you'd fucking miss it if you came home one day and you're suddenly homeless. eh? So that is gratitude. But you need to go beyond that. What's three things you did well today? Even if you do them well every day, it still counts. Did you get to work on time? Did you make yourself a healthy lunch? Did you ask for what you want directly from your boss instead of hiding away? Did you stop procrastinating on a certain task? Did you get your ass to the gym when you usually don't? Or even when you usually do? What three things at least did you do well today? So when your brain goes, I'm a total loser, you go, actually not total. Because there's at least these three things. And even more importantly, what are three ways you live by your core values today? And do the Brojo Discover Your Core Values course if you don't have a list already. And especially focus on honesty. How are you honest today? Or how are you responsible today? How are you courageous today? How are you compassionate today? How did you respect yourself or someone else today? Just check in three ways that you did it. Even if the rest of the day felt like you weren't doing it, there were at least three times where you were. Make sure you note those down. Even if it feels like, well, I do this every day or everyone should do this. That doesn't dismiss it as evidence. Okay? If everybody punched everybody in the face, it would still be bad to punch people in the face. So even if everybody's going to the gym and eating healthy, it doesn't mean it's any less good for you to do it. You still get credit for that. Remember that being alive is an achievement. So whenever you're measuring yourself, you can't say, I did nothing well. You can't say, I had a bad day. Because if you had a bad day, you wouldn't be there to journal in the first place because you'd be dead. That's what a bad day is. A day that's less pleasurable than you wanted it to be, sure. But not totally bad. Nothing's ever totally bad. You won't be around to survive totally bad. If your journal doesn't start with day four in the sex dungeon, where I'm getting raped and tortured every day, then you're doing alright. 
You're taking good care of yourself. You managed to survive. Never take that achievement away from yourself. There are 7 billion people alive right now, but there are 20 billion in the ground. Alright, 20 billion other people have not survived. Alright, and most of them did not die of old age. They died because they didn't take good enough care of themselves. Simple as that. You are still alive. So if you're going to compare to others, no, you are crushing it. You're doing very, very well. Now you're going to fail, and you're going to make mistakes, and things aren't going to go the way you intended them to go, and so on. But rather than calling this failure, you need to see it for what it really is. Learning experiences. That's the truth of it. Because total failure would mean death. So if you're still alive, then it wasn't a total failure, it was a learning experience. What did you learn? How are you wise now? What can you take from this? What information have you gained that you can now use to your advantage? If I go to the gym and I think, you know what, I'm going to try and do pull-ups, and I can't even manage one. I could go home and go, oh, I failed at doing pull-ups. Or I could go home and say, you know what, I think I need to develop other muscles in my back before I can handle pull-ups. So next time I'm at the gym, I'll use that machine where you sit down and you pull the thing towards you with weights. And build up from there. Boom. Wiser now. Now you know your own strength. And you've got an idea of what to do with that strength. You can treat every single failure like that. Even if you don't know what went wrong. You, know, you don't know why it failed. You can say to yourself. Well my next thing is to figure out why it failed. Ask someone who knows. Do some research on Google. Try again and see what happens. Whatever it is I need to learn. Because losers like to stop at failure. They go see it was too hard. Now I don't have to do anything. Yay. Whereas winners go, you know what, that was attempt number one. So what's attempt number two going to look like? Because they know that it takes attempt number 98 before you get anywhere. And they're willing to accept that. You can do it too. It's up to you. Now, if you don't want to, that's fine. But don't call yourself a loser. You're just someone who quit. You've got to track your achievements because you're going to forget them. Your brain doesn't want to remember them. Take a moment, as hard as it might be. To list all the major achievements that you can think of over the last, well, over your entire lifetime. And when you're tracking them and recording them, make sure you don't dismiss them. If you say, I got second place in the dance competition, don't then say, but I didn't get first place. Just, you got second place. That's it. You were in a dance competition. That's an achievement on its own. You learned how to ride a bike. You learned how to drive a car. Finished high school didn't finish high school, but at least you got through the first two years. Whatever it is, I want you to write it all down. Every achievement you can think of. Add that list up. Get as many things as you can remember on there. Accurate things that really happened. That furthered your survival or improved your quality of life. That you did. Without any dismissals. Without any year buts. And whenever you're telling yourself you're a loser, go through that list and go, How could a loser have a list like this? How is that possible? I must be at least somewhat not a loser. A total loser wouldn't have this list, because a total loser would be dead. You've also got to understand, you know, you're surrounded probably, or at least you were, by an environment that tries to make you believe you're a loser, and you have to fight back. Stop being a little bitch about this. You need to challenge discouragement. If someone tries to pull you down, say, why are you doing this? What evidence do you base this on? How's this supposed to help me? You think of yourself as one of my supporters, then why are you being unsupportive? 
Why do you try to bring me down? What's the gain for you? Instead of defending yourself, attack them. You don't need to defend yourself. You're fine. You're crushing it. You're in the top 5%. No defense required. You're doing well. So if someone says you're not, you need to come at them. When did I ask for your feedback, you say? How's that supposed to help me, you say? How are you doing so well in life that you have the authority to give me feedback on mine, you say? Notice that the discouragement comes from people who aren't doing well. You ever notice that? Your parents will criticize you and they've been miserable most of their life? Who are they to criticize anybody? And you can point that out. You say, look, I know you want me to live like you, but you're so miserable that clearly living like you sucks. So please don't encourage me to do that. Let me live a different way because your way doesn't work. That's why you're always angry. When you get critical feedback, ask yourself, who's giving this to me and did I ask for it? If you went to your mentor or your coach and you said, can you give me some critical feedback? That's one thing. But if your boss just comes and has a rant at you, unasked for, about something that they've got no real need to give you feedback on, and they never give you positive encouragement, you could ask yourself, what is this? Is this a helpful source of feedback? Or is this someone just acting out of spite and anger and resentment and rage? Why would I listen to such a person? Always understand the illusion of our life. We can always look at ourselves as past and present and future. So you always take who you are now and compare it to an imagined future or an imagined past or a real past even. And you can always do that at all times. So there will always be a time when you are doing worse than you're doing now. And you'll always be able to imagine a time where you could be doing better. So those aren't really helpful, accurate measurements. They can help for setting goals, like that's where I want to get to, but only if you balance it out with that's where I've been. You used to be someone who couldn't speak at all. You used to be somebody who couldn't tie their shoes. You used to be someone who couldn't drive. You used to be someone who couldn't use a knife and fork. You've come a long way. So if you're going to look at the future and go, I wish I was doing better, Make sure you look back and go, yeah, I used to be doing a lot worse. Make sure you're always accurately measuring your progress. In the longer term, you need to create a supportive social circle. That's why I recommend you join Brojo as a beginning point. People with loser mindsets tend to flock together and bring each other down. You'll find that if you're a loser mindset person, that your parents will have a loser mindset, so will your friends and the people you work with. And it just seems like you seem to attract it or like everybody's like this. And confident people tend to stay away from you, and they don't spend much time in your life, and they don't text you back, and so on. That needs to change. It's hard to grow in a garden that's full of weeds. You need to get really ruthless. If you've got no one supportive around you, you'd do better off alone for now. Seriously. It's better off to be surrounded by nothing than to be surrounded by negative. In places like Brojo, and there are other communities out there that you can find, People are focused on growth and responsibility and their strengths and using those. And you can find these communities and join them. You've got to make sure you leave that loser mindset at the door when you go in. Don't bring the community down. Go in there and encourage people and support people and try to help them achieve what they're trying to achieve and they will give it back to you in return. Most of all, to finish off, challenge why you cling to the loser identity. Why do you insist on it? Why are you loyal to it? What are you trying to avoid here? Is now the time to stop being a coward, do you think? Is it time to give up your relentless pursuit of comfort and familiarity? 
step into the unknown a little bit and take control of your life. Because you can do that anytime you like. Because put it this way, you can tell yourself a big story about how you're a loser if you want, but I guarantee you if I came into your life and investigated, I'd find thousands of missed opportunities that you could take. I'd find strengths that you're not using. I'd find lies that you're telling yourself about who you are. And you know I'd find those things, right? You know that your loser identity wouldn't stand up to my scrutiny. It wouldn't turn out to be true if I had a look. So rather than waiting for me to come in there, do it yourself. Challenge yourself. You know what? I'm not a fucking loser. I just tell myself that because I don't like being uncomfortable. Let's get uncomfortable. Let's end this. Because it turns out being a loser is even more uncomfortable than changing. You're trying to stay the same. You're trying to keep things familiar. But it sucks to be a loser. Doesn't it? That's why you've listened to the end of this podcast. So, you can change that. I don't mean looking in the mirror and going, I'm a winner and lying to yourself. What I mean is going, okay, well, what can I control that I'm not taking responsibility for? How could I be more disciplined? How could I be more courageous? How could I be more honest? How can I stand up for myself and impress myself a bit more? How can I tell other people to stop telling me what to do? And to leave me alone and stop discouraging me? How can I find a more encouraging environment? How can I let go of my need to be a loser? These are all questions you can answer. If you want help answering them, email me, dan at brojo.org. Confidence is a skill. You can develop it. I can help you do that or you can do it on your own. I can't coach someone who's stuck in the loser mindset. You have to be willing to step out of it before I can help you. But get in touch either way, and I'll put you into the right resources. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you all next time.